Welcome back to Recorded Conversations, the podcast that's dedicated to compassionately considering all perspectives while engaging in authentic, connected dialogue. I'm Danielle Kingstrom. Hello, 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 my lovely listeners. We are coming to a close of another weird year, and we are just a few short days away from 2022. And I don't know about you, but I'm not doing the brand new me thing. I am doing the embracing all thing. I intend to just be open-minded for 2022. I intend to wake up in my best timeline every single day. I intend to hug more trees because fun fact, I learned this on the TikTok and we're going to be talking a lot about TikTok here in this upcoming episode, but what I learned on the TikTok and this uh, is a cultural tradition of native indigenous peoples of Americas and probably all over, but hugging a tree can actually help you free yourself of icky energy. And I thought about the scene from Pocahontas, and I know this is by no means any kind of a historic portrayal of Native Indigenous people, but I remember the scene where she talks to the tree and she lays on the tree and she holds the tree. And anyway, so when I see this TikTok telling me that a tree can actually take your icky energy and transform it into something beautiful and positive like nutrients to help strengthen the roots to help produce leaves. It showed me that there's kind of this beautiful, blissful, reciprocal relationship that we have with nature. There was another thing that I had learned from the TikTok over 2021. You know, if I have to say anything about 2021, I will say thank God for TikTok. I learned a lot. I know a lot of people waste a lot of hours, myself included, just scrolling the TikTok. But what I'm looking for is a break from my reality, a break from seriousness, worry, and anxiousness, right? But I learned a lot from the TikTok. So I just want to throw that out there. This amazing symbiotic relationship that we have from nature. So this other TikTok, I 
I had I had watched and it was talking about, you know, what what happens to the body when you put your feet on the ground. And right after we moved I decided to start doing that. I started taking my socks off because I'm a sock wearer. I wear socks in the summer. But I started taking my socks off and just going and making sure that I was walking on the grass. And I was actually like pressing my feet down into the ground, like hoping to get dirt on my toenails. And that's one thing I miss about the farm is there was literally dirt everywhere. And I felt like I always had a connection to nature And I'm just trying to establish that connection here. But so I started doing these things. So I don't know about you, but when I see stuff on TikTok that tells me it's going to help me, that reiterates a way for me to connect with nature and to raise my frequency, I I pause the TikTok and I do it, right? And I do it. So I'm going to hug trees and I'm going to go make sure that my feet are walking on the ground more often. I started making sure that I go sit outside, if even for two minutes when it's cold here in Minnesota, to get some sun on my face. So I go out and sit on the south deck and uh, I don't put a coat on, I don't put shoes on, I got my leg warmers on, but I go and I sit out there. And one of the reasons I do that is because another TikTok pointed me toward the idea of cold therapy. Now, I just wanna add as a caveat, when I hear things on the TikTok, I then go to the Google and then I will look up things just to kind of see if there's some credence to this. I don't know why I do that. Maybe it's because I don't want to use TikTok as my only like site or source for why I'm doing something that I'm doing in case someone ever asks me why. But anyway, I go do these things, right? And I'm always looking for ways to keep my frequency on the love frequency, right? Keep keep our keep our levels high. We want to be on a high love frequency. And so this idea of cold therapy is really popular. And I've heard Joe Rogan talk about it. I have heard other doctors speak about cold therapy. I mean, if you research it, you're going to find lots of really credible videos out there. And so that was another thing I wanted to start implementing was just being cold, being cold. And it decreases your heart rate. It lowers your blood pressure and it reduces stress. It can reduce your cortisol levels. And I've been doing the cold showers thing. And so... 2021 was a TikTok year for me, and TikTok has really created a lot of conversations within my house that I really appreciate, like other moms sharing about other experiences they've had with their children, and if it resonates or it convicts me, I go have a conversation about it with my kids, and so I don't know, sometimes I think TikTok is just a channel for topic points for people to use and and, and go engage in conversation, thereby engaging in connection. And that's really fucking erotic. And so I encourage all of that. Now, the TikToks that want to raise your fear frequency, I would say, skip more of those. M- maybe if you want to make a resolution, make a resolution to work really hard to not operate off the fear frequency. And it's hard. It's hard. I struggled through that all the last two years of this freaking pandemic. I have struggled with it. But there's a lot to be said for trying to just look for the good. It, it really does help. Or listening to the messages that inform you and that encourage you and that better your, your outlook on life, not diminish them. You know, we, we want to stay away from that messaging that divides and that disconnects and that diminishes the divinity in any other person. I don't care how horrible you think they are. I think we should always be striving to see the light in others 
instead of the darkness. And sometimes that darkness creates an immense light in some of us. So I just want to throw that out there. We're going to jump into this episode, but I just kind of wanted to go over some ideas that I had jotted down, some truths of 2021. Truths for me. Maybe maybe you can find some resonance in them, maybe not. These are things that I was just kind of telling myself, maybe as a way to combat all of the negative messaging that is out there, a way for me to snarkily and sarcastically wipe away a dumb idea so that I don't have to be reactive to it, so that I don't have to let it trigger me, and so that I can really scoop it out of like my vibrations. And so here they are. Here they are. I just want to, just some things that I really decided were not necessarily absolutes in my life or in maybe even influencing my principles and values, but just some hard truths for 2021 that I myself have accepted and swallowed, okay? Mainstream media, CNN especially, they're always going to have unethical practices because the goal is to make money off of stealing people's attention. They not only cover up unethical practices, but now we're finding out they cover up pedophilia, okay? And we just found out that the CIA has been covering up sex trafficking rings. And the reason they had to cover it up is because their own fucking agents were engaging in the same behaviors and abuse that they were claiming to investigate to try and stop, okay? Ergo, our government and the system, the system, the system that I believe every artist and musician has, has always been trying to warn us of millennia after millennia. The system, the people with the power, the people with the influence, the people that control the screens in front of our faces, they're not for us. They're for themselves. They're for their profits. And that's sad and unfortunate. And I wholly recognize I as an individual can do nothing to stop that. I can't stop their actions. I can stop it from being a foundation that is condoned or fertilized in my home. And so this always comes back to that whole, you are the only one that can be the change you want to see in the world. The world is always going to show you things that you think should change. And the only change that you can affect is for yourself through modeling the behavior. And we have a really great chance affecting that change through our relationships, okay? Relationships are truly the only way we can change the world. It's through relationship, not through social justice efforts, not through social media condemnation and criticizing and cancellation of people. That's never going to work. You can only be the change in your world. That's a really hard fucking truth. And I don't have to convince other people that what I have perceived as bad needs to stop. I'm just the one that it stops with me. Hard pill to swallow, but full frontal truth, right? Our government and the system, they don't give a fuck about us. And it's cute if you want to believe that they do, but I think every person who has ever stood against the tyranny and oppression of humans has found themselves to be the minority, has found themselves disappeared or dead shortly after making such proclamations of truth. And knowing their stories and knowing that to be true for them, I, I, I just, I won't give 
any of my trust or faith or belief in a system that's just for me. And that's going to help encourage me to focus on what really matters in 2022 and beyond, right? That is going to help me really zoom in on what I'm capable of affecting change with. And that is the people I have relationships with. So another truth for 2021 is that if you don't want others to live in your past, you can't spend so much time concerned with the past of others. You either believe that people are the sum total of all of their mistakes or they're not. But if it's true for them, then it's true for you. And if you believe that you deserve forgiveness, so does everybody else. Because grace, grace just goes in a circle. It's reciprocal. It goes every which way. Personal opinion, Australia is proof that the Second Amendment needs to fucking stay where the hell it is right now in our country. That's all I'm going to say on that. There isn't a one-size-fits-all protocol for anything in life. Not for medicine, not for religion, not for success, not for love, not for relationships, not for forgiveness, not for healing trauma, not for combating addiction. We are all individual people with individual experiences, and we are all going to have to figure out what works individually for each of us. Minding your own business will always be the best approach to anything and everything in life. If you have not been invited into a situation and experience of another, it's best that you shut the fuck up and focus on your own house. I know that seems brash. Now, some of you will say, does that mean that you don't interfere and interrupt something bad happening? No, it doesn't. Because I guess for me, that's an obvious. I'm not going to walk by and see somebody pointing a gun at another person and not try and intervene. I'm not going to watch someone start beating the shit out of somebody else and not try and intervene, right? I'm not going to see a kid drowning in a pond and be like, minding my business. That's clearly not what I meant. And I guess what I want to say to that, and I want to say going forward to everything, is if you feel like you have to dig in a question like that, you're showing me that your assumption of me is that I don't give a fuck when I'm just telling you that I mind my own business, So we need to stop with these false equivalences, don't we? Make that a resolution for 2022. This is a fact. It is illegal for any doctor to encourage you to take any prescription or treatment or vaccine, but a doctor cannot refuse you if you request and it is available. No one teaches our society how to be skeptical or how to learn to listen. This is a truth. This is an absolute truth. Public schools teach our children to conform and comply. And yes, that is a direct judgment against the public education system. Because again, systems aren't really for the people. Systems exist and will always exist for the good of the system, for the consistency of the system. Which brings me to the Build Back Better bill. I'm glad they canceled it. I know a lot of people were thinking that they were going to get handouts, but I don't don't believe that. I think the corporations were going to get handouts. And I think a lot of that has to do with just post-pandemic blah, 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 okay? Like so much stuff happened. I bet there was a ton of money lost. And I just have a sneaky feeling that that Build Back Better bill was really just loaded up to help big corporations and corporate sponsors and 
government sponsors, and campaign donations. Which leads me to Elon Musk. Dude, sometimes I hate listening to what he has to say. I loathe how much influence he has over the stock market and crypto, but he's not the enemy. His ability to amass wealth and innovate technology does not take away from our ability and capacity to imitate and like. Our jealousy and lack of motivation is really showing when we project our hate and distaste and contempt for rich people, right? So that was something that my my parents always seemed to kind of like portend as a general message, whether or not they meant it directly or not. It felt like I was brought up to hate rich people. And I never understood why. I knew rich people. I had rich family. So that was a really weird contradiction to walk around with. I have to go give these people a hug and a kiss and say, Merry Christmas, and I missed you, and I loved you. But at the same time, you're telling me I should hate them because they have money. Teaching people to hate other people for having what they don't have is just inspiring jealousy and contempt. That's not encouraging. And so I just, this this idea, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And I feel like it just really takes away from our ability to encourage and inspire ourselves. If you want to make money, there's money to be made. There's not like, I don't know if you know this or not, the Fed can just fucking print money now. So like, there is no end in sight to money. There's money to be had, right? There's money everywhere. And it's available for you to go take it. But Walking around with contempt for other people is going to be an obstacle to motivating yourself because you're always going to have that to fall back on. Like if you have a misstep or you run through a challenge or you face opposition, you're going to automatically assume it's a rich person's fault. That goes back to the whole scapegoat society. And here's another hard truth for 2021. 2021, I felt like was curated to be a scapegoat year. It's like that's all anybody could do was blame other people for individual situations and circumstances. And I don't know why we act like this is a model and a mindset that is beneficial to society because it's harming us. Because what it's teaching us is that we don't have to take a personal accountability for ourselves. And well, if I'm not going to model that behavior, how can I expect elected government officials to do so they're not going to but clearly look at look at what's going on right now right we're all demonstrating this behavior of it's not my fault it's someone else's fault who's ever going to take accountability that's why nobody takes accountability I don't get it like nobody wants to take accountability it's like a fucking plague and I don't know I'll walk in accountability I know it, it's it's difficult, but I have found that my life has been easier when I'm just willing to be responsible for the things that I feel and the things that I say. And, you know, that's going to be part of a topic that you're going to hear repeated in the episode. So I got one more thing, and then we're going to get into this episode. And this is the this is the episode of the year. This is it. This is done. We're ending 2021. We're going to come back to you maybe in January, maybe in February. I'm not sure. I'll keep you posted in all my social media, but we're going to take a little break. I'm going to really turn down the amount of social media and overall computer time that I give myself. And I just kind of want to really focus inward on really proximal and physical things with my family and, and connecting on a different level, on a touch level. And don't take that the wrong way because I didn't mean it the wrong way. I meant like physically touching books and reading to each other, playing music with each other. Let me tell you, 
okay, so I'm going to interrupt myself again here. So like the other night, I do music a whole lot differently than the school does. Like when I teach music to my kids, like I don't, I don't, it's not boring, right? So one evening, and I also do homeschool at all different times of the day. Sometimes my kids are just more fun to talk to at night after they've already gotten out of their system what they wanted to do. So we're doing music. Queen, baby, queen. I don't know what happened. Oh, we had the music on. It was on shuffle because sometimes we listen to music while we're eating dinner, right? And it's on the background. And I had two cellos pop up and they were doing the rendition of Bohemian Rhapsody. And I just started singing along while we were eating. And my kids all looked at me because they're like, these lyrics, what are you saying? And I was like, you guys know this song? And they're like, no, I don't. And so, okay, go to Apple Music. And I pull up Bohemian Rhapsody, right? And I start playing Queen for my kids. And they're fucking loving it. That's how I know I have amazing genetics, by the way. All my kids listen to awesome music. So that was just really fun. And like we listened to like the whole album and they asked questions. Okay, if their name is Queen, why do I hear men? And so that opened up a conversation about Freddie Mercury, which led to a conversation about queerness, which led to a conversation about AIDS because that's how he died. And there were so many other little just pockets of... You know, like nostalgia in history that popped up about Freddie Mercury and AIDS. And I started talking to my kids about it and they were asking questions. And that's what I mean by more touch time with my kids. I We share our voices with each other. We share the ambiance of the room. We share space with each other. And we do music. And that's how I do music. And I call it musicology. And this is how I teach my children. I play them amazing music. And then we talk about beats and we talk about harmonies and once in a while, we go over the notes and because I don't really honestly know how to read notes. Never could. That's why I sucked at playing the French horn. But that's a completely different podcast that I might never burden you with. So anyway, last truth for 2021. Fear is now the preferred selling mechanism over sex. In the last two year, fear has generated more money to the top 1% than sex ever could. And on another note, I think people like fear more than sex and very disheartening. Just in, I want to point out, Ghislaine Maxwell was found guilty of five of the six counts. So I think that's awesome to end 2021 with all of the court cases that we've seen, right? In the last four months, especially, a lot of justice has been served. What I do know is there's a great awakening. We are coming into the age of Aquarius. It is a good time to be alive. There are more things to be grateful for than there are to be afraid of. There is more love available in the world than there are really sad reasons to hate people. It's always better to choose sex over arguing with your spouse. Facts aren't feelings and feelings aren't accusations. And with that, we're going to jump into the final episode of 2021. And here it is from the house, me and Corey. Enjoy the episode and thank you for the last year. God bless y'all. No, yeah, we have. All right, so what are we talking about today, babe? I get to bash women. No. (laughs) Because secretly all men hate women. They don't like them, and that's all they want to do is bash them, according to some TikTok videos. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm not going to lie. I get really tired of women beating down men on TikTok. Yeah. Or even we have people in our lives where you hear women beating down men. Like this woman right here? Yeah. Well, maybe from time uh, sometime, to time. Sometimes I have, yeah. I've been, I've really been noticing that. The generalizations that I make about the behaviors that I don't like that you exhibit. And so then I'm like, it's all fucking men. All you fucking men all the time. Well, and you try to be very uh, strategic and always say, well, you're exempted from this, of course. Right. But it's still... It's still operating in that whole realm of dualism and generalization and making assumptions. And, okay, so here's what I thought today. We say it's men, right? When women complain, we're like, men do this, men don't do this. This is the problem with men. This is what's wrong with men. But the truth is we're only venting about problems we've experienced with another individual who just so happens to also be a man. So what... I think we need to pull that apart. Like, I think we should stop just saying it's men or it's women. Maybe can we individualize our experiences and our complaints a little more? I mean, that I think would be in a utopia, right? Where we're not just generalizing all types. We're just saying this is the experience I had with this one individual. And I try not to generalize women. Yeah. Unless I am generalizing TikTok women. Then I will, but... Or Tinder women? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, if I'm talking to you, like, I don't say use you as a representation of all women. Right. You're not, like, over here, like, all you women. Exactly. We're, we're I'm talking like, to each other. I, I try to make sure, and I'm very aware of this when I'm doing it, is my issue is with you. Don't treat not me... women. Exactly. Don't treat me this way. Right. Don't say these types of things, right. whatever the case is. But I always try to be very aware that it's an issue between you and I, not me and all women. Right, right. And, and yeah, I mean, that kind of just adds on to what I was saying and that this is about individual experiences. And if we want to share tips or lessons or advice from what we've learned from that individual experience, shouldn't we dignify that? And its individuality. Like, that was a unique experience for you. Clearly, it left a mark because here you are venting about it on TikTok. But don't relegate that one experience to all people or all penis bearers or whatever because that's unfair. Because there's always exceptions to these generalizations. Maybe people find resonance in it. But I question, do women find resonance in that experience or in that emotion. Okay, no, we can't. We have to acknowledge the generalizations, though, too. Because you're into astrology. Astrology is generalizations. Oh. So we have to acknowledge that men and women do share certain characteristics. Right. And, yes, men are can generally be a certain way, mm-hmm. and that's okay. As long because, as we're not attaching, like, a judgment or condescension yeah, to the characteristic. I think my biggest issue with the way I see women use these generalizations is that 
you're not acknowledging that the differences between men and women are the reason you're attracted to them. Yeah. It's yeah. always the difference that attracts us to someone. Exactly. So, I mean, if you're not a lesbian. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, you do like men. Yes. Okay? Men come along with certain characteristics that you may or may not like. Right. But it's part of what makes us men. Right. And so, you got to take the good with the bad. There's also the cock that makes you a man. I I mean, for okay, me, that's so what, I mean, kind of... Okay, so I don't know if that's superficial or take, too physical, but I just want to throw that in there. It's also the cock. The cock okay, I want to. Okay, but okay, you say that. <laughs> and and yeah, that's probably part of it. But take the whole sexual part out of it. How do your relationships with women go? Why would I take the sexual part out of it? I mean But seriously right, in all okay. seriousness. I don't have a lot of relationships with women. My period. point exactly. I'm just I don't okay. get along with women. Okay. I get along with my so daughters. So it has nothing kind of. to do with the sexual part of it. Right. It has to do with there are certain characteristics that you like about men. Yes. And you just happen to get along with them better. Right. So, and maybe you can just be more open with men or more... You can relate to them or whatever the case is. You know, that makes sense because I am a fire sign and that is of the masculine energy. And yeah. so, and you know, it's funny because you're a feminine energy. <laughs> so. <laughs> you're laughing. Because you know what I want to say, but I won't say it. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. It, anyway, but keep going. Now I lost my train the of thought. The masculine. I'm sorry I interrupted. I do that all the time. Yeah. I just get so excited to talk. I know. But, but that's because I'm going to forget if I don't interrupt. And, and so you're you not forgetting. I sacrifice me forgetting that. Yeah. Do you know sometimes I do that in podcasts where I'll have a thought, but I'm like, I don't want to interrupt. And then when they finally stop talking and it comes to be, like, my turn to talk, I've totally forgot, like, seven different points that I wanted to address. You right? know, that's really the problem with you. Women? No, with you. With me. With Danielle. With Danielle. That's really the problem with you speaking in paragraphs. You ask, I like, a million this. questions. I do. Throughout that whole thing. And, I know. And then I think of a response after every question you ask, but by the time we get to the last question, I forgot the first six answers. <laughs> do you know what I should... Can I speak? Do you know what I should do? Like, my resolution... I don't ever really do resolutions, but my resolution should be, like, con- condensing. Learning how to condense and, and not... I... <laughs> ADD. It's my ADD brain. It's like I have to hurry up. But I notice I do that on other podcast interviews too. I ask them like seven questions. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry I did that. A lot of people are really great at like responding to all of them or kind of like converging the general ideas. But yeah, I, I, I am not. I'll work I'm, on that. I'm honey. quite horrible at that actually. I, I really am too. So like, I don't know why I initiate that kind of energy to be matched because I can't match it myself. I'm just, I'm know. just all, I have 90 million thoughts going on at once. That's why. Yeah. 
Anyway, so generalizing to a degree, um, yes, we have to use categories and we have to make generalizations. And the reason that we do that, I thought was for resonance, though. And the problem I see with it is it's no longer just about acknowledging certain characteristics. It's if we acknowledge it, now we must attach a judgment to it. And I don't like that. And I think you don't like that either. I mean, that's what really irks me when I see a lot of videos. So one of the things you constantly see is is wives claiming that they're raising another child. Yeah. Okay, and when you were first dating, like when you first met that person, there's a good chance that that guy was playful, was borderline childish. Yeah. And that's probably what you adored about that person. Mm. And now when you have kids... And that father is trying to relate to that child and be childish. You don't like it now. Okay. And, I mean, you bring up a good point. So that begs the question, why is it a bad thing to see your spouse as playful and like a child? Why do we use that reference like a child as though it's an insult? As though it's like a degradation of who that person is. Oh, they ought to be better than this. But... Children are amazing. They are imaginative and creative and playful. And that is everything that is erotic. Mm-hmm. Right? That is that is eroticism embodied when you are a child. You are a purely erotic human being. And that, Explain that more. So, And that doesn't mean you're sexual. But let's not lie either. Children are curious about their sexual organs. They are curious about pleasure and what feels good. And that's why we sit our children down and talk to them about good touch and bad touch. And we acknowledge that good touch can be pleasurable. And even bad touch can be pleasurable but not appropriate. And so we go through that. All I'm saying is that which is erotic is playful. It's spontaneous. It's creative. It's moment to moment and it's locked in in presence. And it's touch. And don't our children love touch and hugging and kissing and tickling and fighting and pushing and wrestling and hugging and all of that stuff? Shouldn't we want our partner to be like that? Shouldn't we want our partner to be erotic? And so anyway, that's just my question that comes to mind. Why do we use like a child as though it's an insult? If, you, if you're if you a Christian, you know that Jesus often referenced how we need to be like children. So what does that mean? Well, what are children? At most, they're the most present human beings. They're always in their moment. Nothing else exists. And so I don't know. I just think we should stop using that as such a condemnation of character and see it more for what it is. It's just a component of eroticism. Yeah, I was going to bring up the Jesus thing, but uh, also... I think a lot of women use being like a child as being irresponsible. And immature. And immature. And to that, I would respond with, okay, well, stop treating us like children. Mm. Like how? Like sometimes women, you won't let us make decisions. Mm. You won't. You criticize everything we do. Yeah. You criticize us because we make different decisions than you would have. Mm-hmm. Or because we would organize something differently. Yeah. You want us to take on the responsibility, but you don't like the responsibility we take on. So what do you want us to do? It sounds to me like you just want an employee. And we m- want to micromanage you. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good point to bring up, though, because that's something that I've been more aware of. For instance, I caught myself tonight dwelling up the ego 
and looking around the kitchen and pointing out all of the things that you didn't do. And I just immediately recognized what I was doing. And I was like, why the fuck does it matter? It's clean, whatever. And I just let it go. And I thought, you know, it's okay to not give a fuck once in a while. And to not, I think what society programs to do most of all is to keep these perpetual habits where we're in control of everything because we need to be controlled by authority. And so, I mean, we just, I said this, I was saying this to someone the other day, I was like, relationships have turned into politics in that, and and it was about parenting too, we do that. We create this authoritarian environment and it's just a mirror of what our government wants us to continue implementing, really. And the truth is, eroticism, and I didn't say this, Esther Perel said this, eroticism is not egalitarian. It can't be. And so there's just so many programs that we have to let go of within our relationship dynamics and let them be free. But we're just inundated with the same messaging, which is why you see the complaints you do on TikTok. You know, one thing I we've talked about recently is if you wouldn't tell me to do the dishes, I would eventually do them. But I have a certain level at which a certain tolerance level i guess you you could say how many dishes are there exactly Mm -hmm. you know and then then i prioritize about what's more important to me you know are the dishes more important or spending more time with the kids more important or spending more time with you more important because i do work outside the home and i'm gone for or is there something exterior of this house that you also need to do to take care of this house like i mean just outside like shoveling or plowing Mm -hmm. or Whatever it is. Or something else consuming my mind. Right. You know, I, I get distracted. So, yeah, I don't see things. Well, and you see, you just see things at a different priority level. I like how you worded that because I, I think, and again, this goes back to a difference between men and women. We prioritize everything differently. And if we didn't, we wouldn't work well together. Like, I don't like how the messaging right now is that everybody needs to be doing the same thing and operating in life the same way and even in a relationship the same way because that's not a feasible request of individual humans. Everybody does something differently. And I thought the goal was is just to learn how to, like, accept that about other people. They're not you. But then you start to realize that they kind of are like you. But you still have that separation there, that differentiation. And we're not supposed to degrade that. We're supposed to appreciate it. So something else I thought of is, so in our situation, you're stay-at-home mom, housewife, primarily. Uh, housewife, HW, baby. <laughs> primarily, right? And yeah. I work outside. And podcaster, home. writer. Yeah, exactly. And so... Erotic embodiment advisor. When you... Bartender. S- sorry. <laughs> So when you, since this is your primary responsibility, when something is out of place or out of sorts, you instantly notice it. Yeah. When I'm at work, if my truck isn't acting the same way it always does, I notice it immediately because that's my primary responsibility. That's what I spend most of my day doing. I wouldn't expect you to know that. And so why are men, and especially in the situation where the wife is stay-at-home mom and husband works, why are you expecting men to know what you know? 
to see what you see when we're not here every every single day and that's not our primary responsibility and so that's just something else to consider i think okay so here's one i didn't i didn't know what i was thinking when i was watching it but something was telling me i don't like the way she's responding to this this idea and so i'm just gonna play it we can listen to it it's amazing how many of you wrote this exact same comment and although it's ridiculous i have to ask if you think that your paycheck entitles you to sex then do you believe that hers entitles her to skip it because you obviously believe that sex is transactional but only when the transaction is in your favor being too tired is a good enough excuse for you to not do laundry it's just not a good enough excuse for her to get out of being intimate with you and i have to say if you wanted a woman that you didn't have to tend to emotionally but would put out for a paycheck then a sex worker would have served you better than a wife you want to be celebrated for your paycheck you just don't want to be looked at as one and that's what i find so ridiculous you always complain that women use you for money but it's the first thing you say when you feel as though you're not getting your way that paycheck is your contribution to your household but you're not the only one making contributions you just like to put down anything that doesn't mirror yours and that's why so many of you are so much worse to the stay-at-home moms because you don't think that housework is a job you think raising babies is easy but you can't be bothered to watch your own and for the working woman they go out and work hard just to come home and work harder You hate feminism so much, but you forget that we're the ones who fought for the right to work. Maybe you just hate equal opportunity because you don't like to hear the word no. So maybe you do provide a paycheck, but your wife doesn't work for you. I feel like I'm missing a little context there. Okay, so the context is about a previous video where she's pointing out how there's this transactional expectation about sex for a paycheck. And so I agree with her that she's pointing out that it's your that person is making it transactional. If the expectation is I provide a paycheck, you give me sex, that's a really problematic like expectation for a relationship. So I agree with that. But the way she's responding is holding such a grave assumption for men and how they view women. And my concern is is that It just gives the impression that women are viewed in such an objectifying way. And I know I've thought that too. Like, oh, men just fucking see a piece of meat. We're just this image. That's it. We're nothing else. I've said these things. But if you want to relay the idea that a transactional relationship is bad, I just think there is a more productive way to respond than to continue compiling assumptions about men. Yeah, okay, so first thing I will say is if if that's truly the way it's being presented by the man, it's problematic. Now, do I believe that's necessarily the way he intended it? No. Let's understand that it's possible the man just didn't articulate well enough what he was trying to say mm-hmm. and it was misinterpreted i mean i don't know how many times where you and i have argued where i've said something you've interpreted something completely different and i'm like that's not at all what yeah. i said yeah not even close and so that could be this instance second thing is i don't know what their arrangement is I, you know if she's a stay-at-home wife and he works okay 
there's a certain point, I think, where there should be expectations of the woman. I'm not talking about sexually, but of the woman to do certain tasks or whatever throughout the house, throughout the day. And the man has his role. I think that's similar to the arrangement you and I have. Yeah. Third is, I think that it's possible the man is just trying to have intimacy with his wife. Not necessarily sex, intimacy, touching. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if why do we marry our spouse? Because we want to be close to them. And so men don't always want sex, contrary to popular belief. There are times we don't. We just would like to cuddle with our wives. You know, or breathe the same air. Exactly. Like sit next to each other and look at TikToks, whatever. Exactly. It's that feeling of closeness. Exactly. The feeling of you usness. Know, if, if we were going to get married and be separate, what's the point of being married? And I know there's a lot of men out there who have that feeling. Yeah. I've thought that at times. Like, why well, Why am I even bothering with this? You know, you, you want me to come home. And I, it, there's been times, I'm not, not recently, but there's been times where... I feel like you want me to come home and do your job. Mm-hmm. And you, you want to just be alone. Okay, well, I can do this by myself then. I don't really need to. You know, I've thought that. Yeah. So the first thing I want to go back to is this common statement that comes from women where they're trying to pivot some kind of logical rationale for demonizing men for not doing the domestic equivalent of women, right? And they say things like, well, you'd have to do it if I wasn't here. And to that I want to say, but remember, so would we if he wasn't here. Wouldn't we? Like without a man, we wouldn't be taking care of our own home and cooking for ourselves? I... And in the case of stay-at-home moms, you'd also be working. You'd also be, and I have been that single mom, mm-hmm. right? Where I worked, I worked, I went to college, I was still a mom. I did it all by myself. And when, so the thing I always made sure of was very clear when I was dating as a single mom was I already have this figured out for me. You see me in my house? And they were the ones living with me. They were the ones I was letting come live with me. But if you're going to live with me, recognize you're going to pay your fair share for now. I'm working, you're working. And I was already set up. I already had my responsibilities around my children and myself. And had I not had children, best believe I'd still be cooking for myself and cleaning my own fucking house. So I hate that argument. I hate when that's used as a way to be like, got ya, because what the fuck ever? Yeah, he would have to do that for himself, and he wouldn't have the crazy-ass psycho standards you do. Because you know damn well, most of the reason you're operating that way is out of trauma from an abusive parent who whooped your ass because you didn't keep your fucking bedroom clean enough. Hi, that's me. I just hate that. I hate that whole point. Because you know damn well, you would have to go have a job and do this all by yourself. If he wasn't around. So let's stop that. Let's just pull that out of the equation. And I try to do that more and more now than ever. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking ask him to do something for me because I don't want to do it. Because I want to focus on something else. What's what's he going to say? No. What's he going to say? No. Who the fuck? Whose husband really says no when you ask for help? Nobody's. 
And you're all lying if you say you do. They do. They just might not do it at the snap of your finger, but they help you. And sometimes, yeah, you might have to remind us because sometimes we're just retarded. Right, because I'll say something like, will you teach me how to use the saw tomorrow? I'm the dumbass that's forgotten about it, right? Yeah. Had I, if I would have just said, hey, babe, come outside with me real quick. Show me how to use this saw. You would have been like, oh, yeah, let's do that right now. But th- we did that with the four-wheeler, right? Yeah. Will you come and just show me how to do this again? Yeah. It's not, that's the other thing. And so, like, I realized that when I was being too stubborn to ask for help, to a degree, yeah, that's operating out of a, a trauma event from the past. And I damn well know what that's about. I had a fucking psycho mom. And I got all her bullshit. And so because of that, I am Miss Independent, not asking anybody for help. I can do it all on my own. I'm superwoman. Fuck that. I have a big, strong husband. He can fucking open my pickle jar and teach me how to saw and go fucking shovel. What? Like, why is that a bad thing? Just ask for help, though. Like, I swear, anytime I ask you for anything, you, you just do it. Yep. And so I wish women would stop acting like that because... Sure, maybe there are some men who are like, fuck that. But there's your sign. If he's not willing to help you when you ask for help, then maybe that he's not for you. What I'd like to say is that we don't know what we don't know. And we don't know what you know. Right. Are we always going to notice the things that you're going to notice? Hell no. But if no. we ask you to notice the things we notice... If you ask us to go do something, yeah. fuck yeah, most of us will just drop it at a hat and go drop whatever we're doing, go do it. And I would like to point out, and I'm going to brag just a little bit, I've taught our kids to do that. Do what exactly? Drop what they're doing and come help. But we all do that for each other. Exactly. That's just, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If we can't help in the moment, we ask for time. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, a lot of times our kids are honest too. I don't want to. I know you don't want to. I like totally get that. I know what that's like, but I really can't do this without you. And that's up to us to like also discern the truth in that too, right? Like I'm not going to lie to my kids and tell them that I don't really need their help, right? I, I'm not going to be like, oh, I can't do this without you if that's a lie. I mean, that comes from developing integrity too. Which is something that's not taught. No one ever teaches us how to be dignified people. I do. I do. I'm a relationship coach. I do. I do try and help people do that. So where do we go from here? Feminism. Feminism. Okay, hold on. Let's see. I might have a TikTok on that. So we're all pretty aware by now that when men refer to themselves as logical and women are rational, what they really mean to say is that women are too stupid to know what we're saying and understand our own emotions, which is funny because we're supposed to be the ones who have the most practice when it comes to emotional intelligence. But the reason this makes me particularly angry is because men only believe that we're as dumb as rocks no matter our education level because they spend so much time lying to us and manipulating us that when we believe their lies, over time they start to subconsciously or consciously view us as less intelligent. And that's because a lot of people correlate unintelligence with being naive or being easily manipulated. Women aren't dumb, you're just viewing them through the lens of a compulsive liar and manipulator. Also, if you'd like to view men's lies through new eyes, get some contacts. Links in bio. Nothing like a little self-promo while she's giving out really shitty advice. That's, uh, that's problematic. Okay, well, number one, I, again, we're going back to this massive, heavy generalization that all men are like this. I know she didn't use the word all. Most people don't. But you're not just saying some men. 
let me change that a little bit. In some stupid instances, people have to differentiate between black men and white men or black women and white women. And I fucking hate that because whenever I hear anyone characterizing a black woman or a black man, I think there's so much resonance there between understanding who I am and who you are, where I'm like, this is a universal problem or conflict that arises within a relationship. This isn't a black thing. This isn't a white thing. This isn't a woman thing. This isn't a man thing. This isn't a straight thing. This isn't a gay thing. This is just a human thing. And I just wish we could just focus back on that, which would erode all of these divisions that we keep creating. Okay, so I guess my response to her would be, I think men, yes, men may say that women operate irrationally, but I think what they mean is emotionally. And to that I would agree, yes, men generally think logically or rationally, and women generally think emotionally. Are there men out there who think women are stupid? Yes. I also think those men are just naive. Women are very smart in their own right. They just have different information than men. Again, do I expect you to be able to go out and drive a truck? Back a truck up? Hell no. But some women do. But some women do. Yeah. How good am I at keeping the house clean to your standards? Not very. And women think more emotionally because they're mothers in a lot of instances. Yeah. Okay? And so you're protective, wanting to protect your children. Whereas men think logically in regards to children and that they have to make their own mistakes. But they also have to educate them. And we have to educate them. Yeah. Okay? And teach them strength building. Exactly. And children... And psychologists will back this up. Children need a good balance of the two. Yeah. Women thinking emotionally is good. Men thinking logically is good. And again, I'm generalizing. Because you need a balance of the two. But that's not to say that you can't obtain that in same-sex relationships. Because, so I am into astrology and I do know that we're all born under a certain energy either masculine or feminine right and we are we are influenced by different feminine or masculine energies and we both operate out of different feminine and masculine energies anyway i just wanted to throw that out there that i'm not just making this about yeah. male female relationships and, and yeah but and we need the balance of masculine and feminine and that's the thing isn't that the general like call to action for any kind of fictitious or realistic story of life in that there's this good versus evil but what we finally come to a recognition of is that we're all capable of everything and we just really need to balance things out but there's always these opposing forces trying to keep us divided and so I think the most important thing to be aware of when there's any kind of generalizations made is is this information being shared with you in an aim to divide or to unite or to inform, to benefit the wisdom that you have, to add to it? Or is it trying to reduce part of humanity? And that's really what we need to use as our gauge for pretty much everything. How is this information going to apply to me? What is the consequence that will come from this? Will it create division or information for integration? I agree. That's fucking good, wasn't it? It, it was. So fucking okay. smart. I'm on fire right now. 
See, you're not stupid. No. So, and here's the other thing, right? I know, I mean, I know from all of the DMs and the messages I've received from men over the years, men love smart women. It is fucking sexy. There is a great pocket of men that are so turned on by a strong, intelligent woman, right? And it's not because it makes him feel inferior. It's not some sadomasochist, weird perversion of some kind of self-control he's lacking. It's truly, men like to be inspired and in awe of their partners, of their women, right? Like, so I just, that's not a reality for me. I've never met a man who was turned off by my intellect. Never. If anything, it intrigues him and arouses him more, and he wants me more. And you know that. Mm -hmm. All these men, they all, they love my mind. They are scared of it at the same time. So they know they can't be too vulnerable with me because I can fucking read them. I can see them. And so that is scary. But I think in general, men love a smart woman. And I don't think most men think most women are stupid. I think this woman had an experience with a man who thought that about all women. And that doesn't represent all men. And that goes back to, again, like, we need to be honest about these are individual experiences with individual people. I think it could have been where the man just couldn't articulate what he was thinking in a way that the woman would understand. Didn't we create that? I mean, we have made it impossible for men to be just as emotional and vulnerable as we are because we've equated that to what? Toxic masculinity or insecurity or obviously some kind of influence from a childhood trauma, and I don't want to fuck with that. It's like women say they want they want these strong men who are, what, protectors, and girl, I will fuck up anybody who looks at you the wrong way. But I, you really do want someone gentle and vulnerable. And then when he's like, oh, I got you, I can do that, then you shame him for it, and you judge him for it, and you make him feel small for it. And how many times have we argued when you're being emotional, and so you're thinking emotionally, and whatever instance didn't affect me in the same way, and so I'm trying to think logically, and we just clash at that, because, again, you're thinking emotionally, I'm thinking logically, and those resolutions don't match up at all. And I mean, I think that goes into that whole how we have different love languages. We have different erotic expressions, right? We reiterate what our intentions are in a different way. And it's not always translated properly. And that's why when we are expressing ourselves to our partners, we have to be willing to be patient and wait for that translation and that process time. Or ask for clarification. Exactly. Like, why do we shun asking questions? So that's the... We shun explanation. We shun understanding. And that goes back to another TikTok. And I was telling you about it, right? Is that she was talking about, I don't have to explain my boundaries to you. I don't need to explain to you that I have a life and I have other stuff going on. And I am not just going to drop everything for you to respond to you. And da, 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 da. I'm tired of explaining my boundaries. I am so tired of you violating my boundaries. And, and I don't owe you an explanation. And, and here's my reason why I can just cut you off. And I'm like, okay. But it is, and, and I tell this of all of my clients too. Like, have you explained what your boundaries are? Right? And this goes back to this 
Bill of Rights thing that I got from that More Than Two, the Ethical Guide to Non-Monogamy book, is that that's where we define what our quote-unquote expectations are for the relationship, but they're more so about acknowledging what I view as my guiding principles for being in a relationship with me. That means I outline my boundaries. Do I want this to be a monogamous relationship? Things like that. What do I what do I have an expectation for as myself that I want to see mirrored and matched and that I just won't tolerate if this or this or this takes place? We we're supposed to do that with our partners. This is con- this is communicating basically what our needs are for the relationship. If you're not willing to explain your boundaries and then maybe even help me out by building me a story and sharing the experience of the event that led you to realize you needed this boundary, I won't understand you. And sometimes I feel like the messaging that is being portended right now is nobody needs to understand anyone. And I'm like, well, that's why we're always going to have division then. Because no one's willing to understand, because no one's willing to clarify what they mean. Well, then we're never going to understand each other. And that's just not good for society at all. I agree. Yeah. You sent me a TikTok. So I came to this conclusion because many women that I know are always complaining about their husbands not chipping in, that they're doing so much, that they always have to lead. But then when the husband tries to lead, they criticize or complain about the way that he's actually leading or the decision that he made. The bottom line is many women in this world feel like they don't need a man. They make money, they have a job, they do everything around the house, and really, why do they even need him? And so therefore, they treat him like they don't need him, like his advice isn't welcomed, his opinions don't matter, and the choices he makes are somehow stupid, which leads to bitterment and resentment and leads to a guy who's just given up. Most men in this position will just stop trying and just allow her to do it her way because that's easier i think that just goes back to what we were previously talking about you treat us a certain way we become that you know you don't want us to make decisions you don't want us to okay we'll stop making those decisions but don't get mad because you have to make them all then right because essentially we're getting what we want right yeah yeah and what what that is is like what we have it in our mind. We're giving you the illusion of choice, but we don't really want you to like attain that. Mm-hmm. We want to be the ones that make the decision. I mean, and I mean that even goes down to fucking those those dumb memes you see about how hard it is to ask a woman what she wants to eat. Yep. And how many comedians have done things? Oh my on that? god! And it is an atrocious freaking event when yeah. it really comes down to it. And a little bit that has to do with the fact that like. For me, I always have to make the decisions about what I'm going to make to eat, like, day in and day out. And so I do want you to choose because I don't want that responsibility. But I'm still picky about the choice. And I, like, get upset because I haven't offered you any advice as to, like, what realm I might be thinking in. And then I act all insulted because you pick something that's so not me and I think that's such a mind fuck of a game that we play. I sometimes think that we just do it just to like reassert control and see if we still have the power. It's really dumb. And I know I've spent too much time thinking about this. Because every time you ask me, I'm like, you choose. And I'm like, he's going to hate that answer. Because you're not going to choose right. So I remember 
a couple weeks ago. It was after an argument we had had, and I had a couple days off coming. And so I made a very diligent effort to like make sure I prepared all the meals while I was on my days off. And as I was doing it, you were like, is that all you're making? <laughs> no, of course not. What, what else would you like, you know? <laughs> and then you asked for something else. Or I think I offered like to make potatoes or something like that. And you're like, we had that last night. Make rice. Okay, we so we got this rice maker. I have never used it. <laughs> Ever. I, I don't know how to use this thing. I've never made rice in this thing. Yeah. I don't even like rice. I know. And then, so I, like, stop in and ask you, like, nine times how to do this. And I, I could feel you getting more annoyed <laughs> every time I walk in there. And... I, so I guess the moral of the story is, is again, I tried to go out of my way to make sure that I didn't have to that think. That you didn't have to think. Yeah. And then, what do you want? <sighs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like I was cleaning the house and everything. <laughs> I, know. I know. And do you know what kind of thoughts conjure when you do that? And and I don't know why I do this. And I'm not the only one who thinks this. Because, again, going back to the TikToks, a lot of women have vented about this. And I, I felt guilty for thinking about it. Anyway, long draw in for this big fucking announcement. Um, is I start thinking that because you're doing these things, you might want sex. And I stopped myself as soon as I said it. And I was like, bitch, don't you want sex? And so then I was like, yeah. Yeah, I do. But I hated that my mind went there. The other thing you will all, you will bring up on a fairly regular basis is that the only time I ever help is when you're mad. Well, that's just simply not true. <laughs> Your Honor, I'd like to state for the record. Um, yeah, I know. I think that's part of how men get this reputation. And so after all of that... That whole night afterwards, because we, like, ignored each other for the rest of the night. I'm like, I don't even know why I try. I, I, I don't. I try to take the responsibility off of you, but yet you won't let me. And then I don't do it right. Oh, uh, who else does that remind you of? You try and take the responsibility, but I won't let you? Who else in your life has done that to you? Oh, my dad. Yeah. And so, obviously, that's a trigger for me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it gets to the point, why Why do we even try? Dude, I'm just putting that math together right now and realizing why my behaviors like that piss you off so bad. Mm-hmm. Shit. Sorry. Work on that. I'll work on that. <laughs> I've be gotten better. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm not saying. I just... All I'm saying is that there are things that you do. Yeah. And I've told you this. I told you this like five years ago, how much yeah. you and my dad are alike. I know. <laughs> I got I got a double Gemini in my houses, so. Men may as well just do what they want to do. We're damned if we do, damned if we don't. So we may as well at least try to enjoy it, you know. 
do what we want. And so I think that act that you're talking about is what women have have labeled weaponized incompetence, where what they believe is that their men just intentionally act like they don't know how to do something. So they half-ass it or they don't do it at all. Or they'll fuck it up on purpose. And I'm like, why do women believe this? Like, as soon as I started seeing this phrase, I just thought, ah, that is a really unfair perception of what is really going on. Because that man is probably in his head like, fuck, am I doing this right? Fuck, am I doing this right? Fuck. And he's so overwhelmed by whether or not you're going to get upset at the job he's done that he can't focus on it. Mm-hmm. He's too worried about how you're going to react to it. And that is a big red flag. He's too worried about how you're going to react, not respond or appreciate with gratitude because he did something for you, but how you're going to react probably in an angry and hostile and aggressive way. You're going to diminish him after he puts his efforts into this. Why would he want to do anything for you if all you do is cut him down? I think that goes back to what you said. Like, mm-hmm. why do I want to? I want to give up. And I I know lots of men who are in that situation. And, I mean, this can piggyback off of, you know, the sex and the expectation of sex in a relationship. It's not so much that the man expects, like, a reward or a transaction, but it's like, you beat him up this bad. You micromanage him. When he's trying to be an adult and be responsible, you tell him it's not enough. And then you freaking reject him sexually on top of it. So you are mentally and emotionally and sexually rejecting him and diminishing him. And then you're the one upset. Like, I don't, how? Because you know damn well you wouldn't fucking tolerate that for a second if he treated you the way that you treat him. And you know what? What if your husband does expect sex from you? Think of all the expectations you have of him. Thank you. And that's all he... I mean, let's face it. Men are simple. (laughs) We really are. (laughs) Okay, so I just wanted to speak on that. Because I think to a degree, when we say men are simple, we're towing a really dangerous line in ridicule. And I don't want, and so when I say men are simple, I don't mean it that they're stupid and easily satisfied and you can treat them like shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're a dog you can kick, but if you turn around and scratch behind their ears, it's all good. That's that's mm-hmm. not what I mean when I say men are simple. But men are more satisfied with a lot less than we women are. And that's okay. That's not a judgment on women. That's not saying women are materialistic or or have high expectations. It's just a difference, a preference of what pleases. And again, this goes back to the importance of having different pleasures and satisfactions. It's a balance. Again, I just say, why the fuck did you get married if you're not going to have sex? Why? That uh, That's why I got married. Sex. I get sex forever. Okay, I, we got some insurance benefits. We got a pay raise. Thank you, the United States Army. But it was about sex. That's why I wanted to be with you. You were the person I wanted to have sex with. I know in the beginning I didn't exhibit that monogamous behavior. <laughs> but 
ultimately, that's what I always wanted before I ever got married, before I ever met you. I wanted to get married because I enjoyed sex and I wanted to have a sexual partner who is also my spiritual partner. So I I just, that's the question I always ask. And so the defense is, is women are like, oh, I want to have sex. But it's just all of these boxes aren't checked off. And that's something that really irritates me. And I've spoken on this before and I've suffered from it. And it's this whole transition into a mood. But I think when we get stuck in patterns, we are we're constantly telling our partners no. We're using all the excuses in the book. I'm a mom. I did laundry. I'm tired. This. Do you know how exhausting it is to be with the kids all day? Yada, yada, yada. And so that creates a program for us that we really get comfortable with. And anything outside of that program, like having sex, is so discomforting for us that we want to reject it. That's ego. And that is you operating out of a trauma that you're not willing to confront and fucking deal with. And when you do that, you are excluding your partner. And you are being fucking selfish. There's a time and a place to go process things if you've suffered from serious traumas. But like, God damn it, people prolong their self-victimization and I can't fucking stand it. I can't stand it. Everybody finds a way to validate victimhood. And now we're doing it with women and what, is that the new feminism? I'm forever a fucking victim because of men? The fight for equality doesn't look like anyone's looking for equality. What it seems to be is that women want power and control over men, want to use men as the ultimate scapegoat for everything that's wrong in their lives, for every emotion they're feeling, for every perceived oppression they're experiencing. And I just think it's bullshit. I really see this new feminism as just using men as the ultimate scapegoat for everything. Blame men for everything. I'm bitchy. It must be a man's fault. I don't feel loved. It must be a man's fault. It's probably your fault because you create stupid imaginative stories in your head and you program yourself to believe them. That's what I think. I agree. You should, man, (laughs) because you've disagreed with women for too many millennia, okay? Even though I'm only 40 years old. Not sure how that's mathematically possible. (laughs) I love looking at you. I do. I love you. I love you. When we were watching The Matrix tonight, I was like, these bitches wish they had what me and Corey have. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm so disappointed by that movie. I just want to... Uh, What I was expecting to take place in the last 27 minutes was for the uh, the overarching message to be, the spoiler alert, love wins in the end, right? That's what I was sitting here thinking in that last half of the movie. And I was like just waiting for some awe-inspiring message to be delivered to me that would make me just understand existence. And they were going to draw it out for me and they were going to show me it. Maybe a little bit because they are like, what? Because they were like, oh, you know, you gave us a second chance and that's what we thought we never had. And so then I sat there and I was like, so did they go back into the Matrix or not? 
I don't know. I don't know. But they were ready to rebuild the world. Yeah. And I was like, but we realized, spoiler alert again, that it wasn't one or the other. It was them together that created their power. Yep. And, I mean, in that moment, I kind of got a little goosebumpy. And I was like, that's me, my baby. That's us. Like, I was like, yes, love. But then it just fell short and it didn't give me the uh, love bombs I wanted. I yeah. don't know. Did you see love as being the theme? Mm, no. Well, it was a love story. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think they could have done better with it, though. I feel like this was just rushed to hurry up and do something because everybody was bored during the first year of the pandemic. Yeah. And they were like, do you know what we should do, guys? Sitting on their Zoom calls. Like, oh, I'm fucking bored. You want to do a movie? Yeah. You know? And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it, it was kind of disappointing. It was. So... That's our review of The Matrix Resurrections. You know, I was wondering, though, while our kids were watching it with us, like, if any of them were, like, in their heads, like, asking themselves if we're a program. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of a conversation I want to have tomorrow. But up next, what are what did I say we're going to watch? Don't look up. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. maybe we'll remember to bring that review in the next podcast. Yes. We should do more of them. We really should. We should really tackle more of these male-female issues. Because um, I would really like to... I, there are just so many messages out there that I would just like to speak to. I don't need to criticize the individual who's saying it. But there are so many messages out there that like I get the baseline of it. I get what they're trying to say. I understand the fear they're trying to rise above. I get what kind of need they're trying to articulate they need met. But I feel like there are so many more developed ways to go about it than fucking bashing men in the process. I think if women really want to appeal to women, they don't need to bash men. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think the biggest thing that men and women both need to do is acknowledges, acknowledge and praise our differences. Right the the different way we think right and that's the reason you fell in love with the person you did mm -hmm. and so why are you so upset about it now right you know obviously i mean my biggest critique of you has always been not that you were angry or whatever because most of the time when you were angry you had legitimate complaints but talk to me don't belittle me don't kick me down. Talk to me and understand that I don't see the world the way you do. Yeah. And you don't see the world the way I do. And so, yes, we do have to dumb it down for one another because we speak different languages. We, we see the world differently. And so we have to try to explain that and we can just treat one another better. Yeah, we don't have to cut each other down while we're complaining or criticizing. Like, we can do that effectively as adults. Yep. Because I think, I mean, in, in here, and I can refer to the children, the children know how to talk to each other. Yep. When there's a problem, like, they are honest about what they're feeling and what they're experiencing. They don't try and sugarcoat it or 
or hide things under it. They're just honest with you. That's something that we even unconsciously really erase from them. But that's something that we should really value from them and appreciate and try and like resurrect is that vulnerable truth with each other where we're just saying, hey, I'm really hurt. That hurt my feelings. I don't want you to do that anymore. Instead of thinking that we need to be fucking assholes to each other about it. So the other thing I think I will point out, and I think women are more guilty of this than men, but men can be guilty of it, is feelings are not accusations. Ooh, yeah. So when we're expressing our feelings, we have to be very cautious not to be accusational because that will put the other person on the defensive and then they will not hear your feelings. Mm-hmm. And if the point is to share your feelings, then just share your feelings. Another point is, is that when we are expressing our feelings to each other, if it turns into an argument, it needs to stop because you don't need to argue about what you're feeling. And we're not going to try and change each other's feelings of what we've experienced. We're just supposed to hear each other. So if it starts escalating into an argument... That needs to just, you need to take a pause and stop. And I think if you can share your feelings and keep it from becoming accusations, that will prevent an argument. Because I think we get into, you made me feel this way. No, I feel this way because of me. And just share how you feel. You can go and say, when you did this, I felt this way. We need to make sure we're not making accusations. We need to make sure we're owning our feelings if we're going to freaking express them. Part of erotic expression is you really own what you're feeling for yourself. Nobody can make you feel a certain way. People's actions can conjure feelings in you, but you still need to own that. So your feelings are your property. And I think... And I think you're right in a lot of instances. So this is just anecdotal. This is based on just what I know from other people sharing their experiences with me. Women generally want to assign ownership of their emotions to their partner. And that's a no-go. We cannot do that. We should own our actions for ourselves. And that means our emotions, even if they are erupted in a way, by an action of our partner. Again, the partner owns their action, we own our emotions. And we have to stop trying to assign that property over to our partners. I've seen a, a TikTok a couple times, and I don't think I've sent it to you. But it's this big, this rant of a man talking about expectations of men. And one of the things he talks about is how when men become emotional, we're told we're not supposed to be that way. So we have to shove our emotions down. Oh, and we have to take responsibility for the woman's emotions as well. And so we're expected to carry not only our emotions, but our partner's emotions, that's not healthy at all. And then what are we doing then? It seems like we're not carrying anything then. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't seem equal. <laughs> no. So is that what women really want? Do they really want equality? Or? I, I don't think women want equality. I really don't. I, I mean, even look at the jobs today. You know, when women talk about equality of in the workplace... Do women really want to do the most of the jobs that men do? No. That's why women do not outrank in the dangerous fields like, well, I don't know, the military for one. 
um, oil drilling for two, any kind of construction work for three, you, you know, it's mostly men going to space, not women. I mean, there are a few, but again, there are certain things that women don't want to do. Why? Because it's dangerous. Why does that even need to be a risk that's assessed? Because a lot of women then want to have children and now they're taking on a greater risk and they can't do that because they want to be responsible for children. Men don't operate that way, although some of them do. And therefore, you'll probably see that most of these men in these jobs probably don't have wives and children because of that risk. But again, we all have choice to whatever career paths we want to take. But Nobody is telling a woman she can't do anything. She's just not choosing to do those jobs. In a lot of instances, women want the glamorous jobs that men have. But they don't want the... Dirty jobs. Dirty jobs. And that doesn't mean women don't do those jobs. No. I mean, they do. But you also don't see those women complaining about equality. No. (laughs) Because they're making bank because they're doing a risky job. Exactly. Because the higher the risk, the higher the pay. Exactly. And I think that we want that. And that's why, I mean, even go to doctors, right? And I don't know what the diversity spread is in within the medical field but when you talk about getting into surgery and everything that's a high risk fucking profession which is why they pay a buttload in fucking insurance and it's a high risk job that's why it pays so much but the responsibility is extremely high it's like and so that's like the riches come with the responsibility and i mean i'm a woman i'll say this on behalf of women i don't want that much fucking responsibility okay But I'll let my man take that much responsibility, and I will reap the reward. And no, I do not want equality. I want to stay at home. (laughs) Well, then that's another thing. You know, women want men to be responsible for everything outside the home and half the stuff inside the home. Right. But we don't want to touch outside the home. I don't want to get dirty. I don't want to get sunburned. I don't want to hurt myself. I've said that, right? If you hurt yourself, we're fine. But if I hurt myself, nobody eats. So you take the risk. But let's look at the reality. If If you hurt yourself, we're out money. Which is why we have a higher life insurance policy on you than me. You're worth more. Dead and alive. Thank you. But what if I get hurt? Disability kicks in. (laughs) Kind of. Kind of. We'll figure it out. We'll sell naughty pictures of you on the internet. It'll work out. It's okay. We'll let you be a thirst trap for men and women, okay? We'll profit from it. (laughs) We can profit from the perversions of others and still remain innocent while doing so or something. Well, I think that takes care of it. We filled the whole fucking hour. And then some. There we go. There we go. Until next time.